Welcome back to Let's Get Haunted with your host, Matt Strong and Allie. Welcome back, guys. This episode is going to be listener stories. If you would like to get straight to the listener stories, you can skip our intro. You can go look in the show notes right now and we will have it listed. Two listener stories. Number 12. Avalanche. Why is there an avalanche? I don't know because you're editing this episode and I want it. So it's like, you know how before there's an avalanche, they throw the dynamite sticks. And yeah. Like, or like you have a laser gun and then you shoot a mountain with it and there's an avalanche. Oh, wow. That's what happens. That's what happens. The avalanche is like the mountain crying because you like heard it. That's deep. <laughs> You guys, it's really late. Alyssa and I got in this room together and just started talking about bullshit in our lives for like literally an hour and a half. Yes. And and now we decided to record. This was totally an avoidable feat, but I just can't not talk to Alyssa. (laughs) Natalia and I have both had very interesting weeks that are not appropriate to be streamed right now. Here's all I'm going to say. Fuck, goddammit. Fuck, fuck, fuck. (laughs) Fuck, fuck, fuck. Balls, cock, pussy. Fuck, fuck my life. That's all I'm going to say. That was beautiful. Can you please publish that as like a free form poem? I feel like it really speaks to me. We also had, well, maybe we can't talk about this. I was going to say Natalia was in here the other day. We're in our studio right now, our new studio. And something wild happened the other day in the studio. But maybe we have to wait until we no longer are in this space one day. I want to tell you guys. But I shouldn't tell you guys. But here's what I'm going to say. In our building, it's a big building. I heard someone losing their shit. Like losing their shit, guys. It was alarming because I lose my shit, but like not in front of people that like I work with like that. Right. I lose my shit like that by myself. That one time I edited this amazing video episode and then it all got fucking deleted. I was like, fuck screaming fuck really loud and then I like took these scissors and I found this oh yeah you texted piece of me cardboard. this yeah and I just like stabbed the shit out of this piece that of is cardboard. so funny to me and it felt so fucking good and then I felt like a little bit better and then I realized that um I found that episode later <laughs> was, like, on my computer stored under a different name but the point is is that I had that private moment freak right out. right this was a freak out that happened in front of everyone just some random person in the office was just like screaming fuck and I could hear everything and they were like and I literally thought someone was dying like I thought someone in the other room was gonna have a chest burster coming out or something like someone's giving birth someone you know just accidentally cut their dick off or something I don't know (laughs) it was like literally that level of alarm was raised and I like was just went into panic mode and was just like completely still oh is this like a school shooter situation right who's to say and there's no lock on our office door yeah maybe shouldn't publicize that but (laughs) Talia texted me and she was just like oh my god something is happening right now in the office building something crazy is happening and yeah, yeah, it was fucking insane. And um, I like couldn't believe it was happening. So I started recording on my phone <laughs> because I was like, there's no way anyone's going to believe me. Like, I'm going to tell Alyssa about this later and she's not going to believe me. So like, I have to record some of this. And I did. And, and I, I sent it to her. And I listened to it. And I, I, to be honest, I started laughing because that's how ridiculous it was. It was exactly as Natalia is describing it. Just a professional in an office building losing their shit 
in an extremely public way over something that appeared to be totally inconsequential. Right. I mean, I will say that right now, I think everyone's really, really stressed out. Just like based on how often I see these individuals go take a cigarette break. Like I know <laughs> their fucking life it sucks right now because I've been there, you know? Right, right. Pain recognizes pain. Yeah, yeah. So that's fine. They're valid, but it scared me. <laughs> and then I told Alyssa, I was like, I think H.H. Holmes is somewhere living in this building and we're scared because we just came here and we thought everything was cool and like we've come up in the world and now I found out that the Hulk murderer lives here. And if you guys don't know, we are in a new office. I feel like all of the haunties should know this by now. Right. We moved into an office space. We've been moving stuff in. We've been assembling various pieces of furniture and equipment. Hopefully the audio quality is getting better in our episodes because we now have like wind screens right. and mic holders. Before we just used to hold our mics. It was like raw dogging. You're just like <laughs> holding a mic and all you have is the XLR cable, the mic in your mouth. There's nothing right. else, especially for two people who are just like kind of chaotic anyway yeah. in this podcast setting. We would be like walking around the room, talking right. on the microphone, like eating. I was eating poke and Alyssa was like I had to edit out almost like everything you were saying because it just sounded like someone was eating pussy because <laughs> it was like the wet it was fish. Like, now we have to pack everything up and move because, because H.H. Holmes is in the walls apparently. But anyway, so we're located on a floor where the entire floor is business professionals and we thought we were the two fuck ups. So that's what makes this alarming is that right. there's like, you know, attorneys on our floor, yeah. like people running legit legitimate businesses, Accountants. PR agencies, yes. like bunch of just like papers and type people, people wearing <laughs> shoes that are hard. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm not even being dramatic either because one of the people that works in our office heard the same thing that we heard and confronted us after this happened was like, hey, I like I hope you guys, you know, aren't afraid. I know you guys probably heard whatever happened the other day. And I just wanted you to know we know that person and they're cool. They're just under a lot of stress right now. And right. Da, da, da. So like I I'm not even being dramatic like this. Yeah, was, everybody knew they were like, oh, I hope you don't leave because you just moved in and like that's not going to happen again. It sounded crazy, but I also <laughs> felt bad for you because I don't know what I would have done in that situation. I would have gone to the corner of the room and hid behind one of our plants and just like yeah. sat there with the lights off. I was just being so still because in my mind I was like the level of just shame that this person is going to feel when they're done having when, their yeah. freak out will just cause them to come over here and murder me <laughs> like I have to kill all of the witnesses you know that's your only choice if you have a public very public freak out like that right I, what do you do at that point you either have to move to a different state and change your name no. and live in witness protection or I, you have to go murder everyone that heard you freak out. No, I've thought of this before. I, I was thinking ahead. Okay, if this yeah, ever happens yeah. to me. And I was like, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to collapse on the ground and start like feigning like a stroke. And then just <laughs> a medical emergency. Yes, exactly. And yeah. then just be like, yeah, sorry like, about that. There was something in my brain exploded. Well, the devil <laughs> was in my blood. I got hot brain temporarily. Point is, is that shit's really haunted. Some other crazy haunted stuff is that our last episode, we weren't able to say the donors because it like literally cut out yeah. like the audio was missing from there what's up with that i know i think the audacity was jealous it was like i've been doing this shit for free you guys are getting <laughs> donations so really quick i just wanted to shout out before i forget 
In the Discord, Eric, the legendary Super Scion, requested a shout out for his girlfriend, Vampira Carolina. Ooh. Says that she's had a rough week. He thinks that a shout out from her favorite podcast is going to cheer her up. Hell yeah. Yeah. And so I would say, you know what? To just prevent her having a public freak out like that, you know what? We're going to shout her out. So Vampira Carolina, or is it Carolina? Vampira it Carolina. Both of, oh, Vampira Carolina rhymes. I wonder if it's that. Vampira both of those are cool. Carolina. Vampira Carolina or Vampira Carolina. Whichever one it is, your name is really cool. Have a great week. Have a great week. Natalia and I are having shitty weeks too. You're yeah. not alone. And also, I'm supposed to tell you to stop putting ketchup on tamales. Don't know what that means. Oh, that's, that is weird. Is that like a code word? And like, I just like... What what is that thing where you you dial a number and it like blows up a explosive? What are those things what? called? You know what I'm talking about? Like a terrorist attack? Yeah, no, terrorists use them where like they have like a, an explosive somewhere and then they like dial a number on a burner oh, phone and it like, detonates. I don't know, but that... But was me saying that... Oh, gonna detonate a bomb. Somewhere. I honestly, when you said don't put ketchup on the tamale, I was like, is this a euphemism for having sex on your period? Because if you like to have sex oh. on your period, you should do it. Right. Actually, one of my first questions I would ask people on dates, on dating apps, I would ask people... Do you do period sex? Well, I would ask, like, are you one of those guys that's grossed out by periods? Because if you are, this isn't going to work out. Because I love that. one of the guys I dated in the before times when I was like 23 or something, like <laughs> the dark ages that we dare <laughs> right. not discuss, yeah. the first red flag was he was revolted by periods. What? Rev like, if you were on your period, he like wouldn't want to see you because it was what? so disgusting to him. That's so dumb. I once dated a guy... You know what? Fuck it. I once dated a guy <laughs> who, after period sex, would take his player. Okay, that's a red flag. And that's was, a different kind of red like, flag. Started Sounds like you and I have dated men on the opposite ends of the red flag spectrum and learn from our mistakes. Right. I just realized we didn't shout out any donors after saying that whole spiel about how the donors dropped out of our last episode. So I would love to take a moment to shout out people that donated to our Kofi. Maria O, Haley A, Brianne M, Alessa R, DJ, Stasi Sor, Benjamin S, Michael R, Mariah and John, Peter Barker and Malik, Nicole S, Miranda A, Jesse H, who donated $50. Thank you. Lotus, Trenton S, Kelsey MK, who donated $69. Also, MK, like MK Ultra, Ultra. Very haunted. Maria O, again. Peter Barker and Malik, again. Bree, Annie, Garrett G, Casilda, Alyssa S, Anna and Nate. And that's all I have today. Hell to the fuck yeah. Woo, woo, woo. And I would like to shout out. Kayla P., who donated $66.69. Thank you. Wow. Also, Sam K., who also donated $69. Rebecca H., Brandy B., Peter Barker, and Malik, who donated $50. Thank you guys so wow. much. Mimi T., Danny R., Mason H., Lisa N., Benjamin S., and Mariah and John, who donated $69.69. .69. 
Thank you so much, everybody. We seriously appreciate this so much. We literally need this and... We can't do it without (laughs) you. If nobody was listening to this podcast or donating to this podcast, it would just be two haunted bitches alone in a room Mm -hmm. where they may or may not be murdered by the ghost of H.H. Holmes losing his shit over some sort of lawyer situation. (laughs) And that would be sad. That sucks. So tell your friends about us. Donate if you feel like it. If you don't feel like donating... That's valid. You can go to letsgethaunted.com instead and buy some merch that still supports us. Or if you would like to donate to us to help us pay our rent on our newfound studio, you can do so by Venmoing at NatStron, at DogMomUSA, or you can PayPal Nat at paypal.me slash NatStron, or you can go to our Ko-fi, which is linked below in the show notes or you can go to letsgethaunted.com and i will say i don't know if you if this made it into the intro of the last episode but we have less than five haunted amulet enamel pins on the website so you definitely need to go check that out if you haven't already bought one this is your sign because Mm -hmm. we will not be remaking them when they're gone they're gone right and you guys seriously you're not even estimating how useful one of these haunted amulet pins are Name a reason that you could use it. Name a purpose. If you take a picture with any of our merch and add us, we'll repost it. We don't give a shit. So I repost everything. When I was gone for a week, I felt so bad for the people that were tagging us in stories because I wasn't there. I like repost with a quickness. Right. If I see something pop up on the story immediate repost unless it's you being like I hate let's get haunted which luckily hasn't happened yet because why would you waste your energy on that if you don't like us but I didn't have service for part of my trip so I wasn't able to do that so if you guys tagged us on something and it didn't get reposted that is why and go ahead and do it again this week like Natalia said at the top of the show is listener stories that means we read your haunted experiences that you have emailed us if while listening to this episode, your memory is jogged and you're like, wait, that happened to me. Or that reminds me of something fucking cursed and haunted that happened to me one time in Delaware, maybe New Hampshire, maybe <laughs> Europe. Then what you can do is write us an email at letsgethauntedpod at gmail.com. If you in the past have emailed us at letsgethaunted at gmail.com, we did not receive it because that is not our email. And I noticed today when I was like printing out Mm -hmm. the listener stories that someone forwarded us one and was like, I just realized Uh, a year later that I sent it to Let's Get Haunted at Gmail. Incredible. Incredible. The timing of the universe is perfect. So we got it at the perfect time. That's right. (laughs) Natalia, would you like to kick us off? Yes. This first one comes from Kevondra A. Hey guys, my name's Vondra and I love your podcast so much. It's nice to hear people rambling on about the unknown the way y'all do, because it's basically like my inner monologue. I might write in another time about my own hauntings. Anyway, here's a story I read back in like 2015 that haunts me to this day. Thought maybe you'd want to look into it or even just check it out, because I know y'all like that spooky shit. You are correct. Okay, I clicked the link. Ooh, it says, I proposed to my girlfriend, but she'd been replaced. This is, this is Reddit? This is a two-channel two channel thread oh, from perfect. December 2011. Well, okay, let's find out. OP says, I want someone to hear this. I seriously feel like I'm going nuts here. I recently proposed to my girlfriend. We dated for about five years, starting in college. I got the okay from her, and we were on the way to a happy marriage. But since I couldn't yet get the money and we were unsure when to have the wedding, 
we just decided to register our marriage first. So I got the marriage forms, filled out the necessary bits, and sent them to her. In the blank for her name, she wrote a name which I had never seen before. It wasn't that I had been dating her all this time without knowing her real name. I typically referred to her by a nickname, sure. But we had been in the same class in college, and we'd laughed seeing our names together on the roster. I honestly didn't know what to think. But those were the facts. I recognized my girlfriend's name as being Hanako Sato, but she wrote something completely different. We'll say Elizabeth Ijuan. It seems like a rather obnoxious name, really. <laughs> of course I asked her about it. Huh? What's that name? What? My name? Isn't your name Hanako Sato? What are you saying? That's the exchange we had. Someone asked, do you have her as Hanako Sato in your phone book? OP said, she's on my phone under her nickname. Feeling I must have been making a ridiculous mistake this whole time, I backed off for the moment. I came to doubt my mind somewhat. Deciding to take a look back at my memories, I found some old photographs. They were pictures of me and my girlfriend together, but the girl in the photos was not the girl I had been talking what? to. However, it was the girl in the photos who I couldn't recall. In my memory, I had been dating the girl calling herself Elizabeth Ijun for five years. Hanako Sato had vanished into thin air. I felt like I was going to throw up. Someone said, maybe show the pictures to Elizabeth. Someone said, she just took off her makeup, I bet. <laughs> Someone said, did you have an accident or something? Sounds like memory loss or disassociation. OP said, oh God, would that be wise? Replying to the first. Replying to the second, he said, that doesn't explain her name changing. Replying to the third, no, I'd never hit my head or anything. I had my foot broken on a bike, sure. Someone said, does the nickname stem from Elizabeth or Hanako? Someone said, maybe she just wrote some other name than she has. Someone said, think about it. It'd be really obvious if her face changed. I can't say anything, but that's something going on with you. Tell a friend about the situation. OP says, she had a stage name of sorts for a Rakugo club. I called her a variation on that. I don't think she'd write a nickname on a marriage form. I suppose I could try to get in touch with a friend from college to ask them about the situation. Someone said, how long ago were these photos from? It helped figure out when the switch occurred. OP says, the photos were taken during our third year of college, so four years ago. Oh, but I know there was a girl named Hanako Sato since my first year. She did Rakugo. I don't know what that is. Can you look that up? Yeah. She did Rakugo in a club and I came to listen and I thought it was neat. Since we are in the same class, we became friends and started dating. The only other recent photos I have are phone photos. I upgraded my phone about a year ago and all of the pictures on it are of Elizabeth. Someone said, but her name and face are different. You can't explain that. So I looked up Rakugo and according to Wikipedia, Rakugo, literally fallen words, is a form of Japanese verbal entertainment of yose. The lone storyteller, or Rakugoka, sits on a raised platform. Using only a paper fan and a small cloth as props, and without standing up from the platform in a sitting position, the Rakugo artist depicts a long and complicated, comical, or sometimes sentimental story. The story always involves the dialogue of two or more characters. The difference between the characters is depicted only through a change in pitch, tone, and a slight turn of the head. 
So they're basically like a theatrical performer. I'm showing Natalia a picture. So the picture I'm looking at, and we'll post this in the photo dump for this episode at Let's Get Haunted on Instagram. Um, it's showing a person sitting uh, on their knees on the ground on a red platform and it's like they're on a stage so imagine seeing a play but it's just a person and sitting down all the parts and like it's kind of like on tiktok when you see someone playing two roles and they like look to the left to right. be one person talking and then they look to the right to be the other person talking yeah like a one a one man show what's it called when you yeah. do like all the parts one man one woman show whatever yeah someone said i'm getting confused is it that you were dating Hanako Sato, but she was replaced by Elizabeth, or that you were dating Elizabeth, but she was replaced by Hanako Sato? Someone said, what do you call Hanako by? Even if it was a nickname, if she got replaced, wouldn't she find it odd? Someone said, if the nickname came from a stage name, then she could have been Elizabeth then. It must have been Elizabeth from the start. Someone said, so her face is completely different? OP says, I thought she was Hanako Sato, but she became Elizabeth. I'm afraid to tell the details, sorry. Maybe, but the pictures were from when we were dating. I think they look very different and I don't think makeup could be it, but then again, I don't know anything about makeup. Someone said, why don't you ask her directly? OP says, I've been in disarray after yesterday. I'll ask again later. Someone said, maybe it's OP's personality that's been replaced. Someone said, people can get their names changed, you know, maybe she killed somebody. Someone said, maybe she had a husband but got divorced. OP says, I'm doubting myself a little. Can you do that? Don't you need to go through a whole process to get divorced? Someone said, oh, so they have in quotes what she said, like when he was talking, when he asked her, isn't your name Hanako Sato? And she said, what are you saying? Oh, okay, they're, okay. they're saying what happened after that exchange, after that conversation. OP says, at the time I was just thinking, huh, do I have her real name wrong since I always try to call her by her nickname? So I didn't want to probe too deeply. Of course my head was filled with question marks, but I just tried to smooth it over because if it were my mistake, I thought she'd get angry at me for not knowing her name. Remembering her name wrong would be outrageous. Someone said, oh God, maybe you're in an alternate dimension, but they were sloppy and falsifying your memories. The current girl is someone who's long stalked OP, wanting to marry him at any oh. cost. She talked to a hypnotist. She took OP to him. He used his hypnotism and here we are. Someone said, I don't suppose this Elizabeth Ijuan might be a little more than a figment of your imagination? If that's the case, I don't think there's any doubt you have schizophrenia. Or perhaps Elizabeth Ijuan does exist, but all the outrageous events you write here are completely wild fantasies. If that's the case, I still don't think there's any doubt you have schizophrenia. OP says, I emailed a friend earlier, but still no reply. No pics. I don't know how to do a mosaic effect. Can a hypnotist actually do that sort of thing? I got a reply from my friend. Incidentally, here's what I sent. Remember? nickname who I've been dating? Was her real name Hanako Sato or Elizabeth Ijuan? His reply, I think it was something Sato, yeah? Did you guys break up? I figured it was Hanako Sato I was dating. Someone said, caught up. First of all, you gotta tell us any episodes from dating Hanako to now in chronological order. Sort things out in your head. Sounds like you've got some serious memory issues. Which one's cuter, Hanako Sato <laughs> or Elizabeth Ijuan? But does OP still love this Elizabeth Ijuan despite? OP says, I'll try to remember and post some things. I guess if I had to say the one in the photo is cuter. Of course, I'm all set to marry her. I sent my friend a photo of Elizabeth. The content said, do you know who this is? And do you know the name Elizabeth Ijuan? In my first year of college, Hanako Sato was in the same class as me. 
even at welcoming parties and such, we didn't really come into contact. In second year, I saw her at a Rakugo performance by one of the clubs. I thought, ah, she's that girl in my class. When she got off the stage, I think I said to her, I never realized you were in the Ochiken club, Sato. I'm fairly sure I called her Sato then. I realized I was interested in this girl. Being a literature major, I asked her to teach me about Rakugo and borrowed some books. On Christmas that year, I confessed to her. She put on a show for me after doing sexy things in my room. Haha. I got a reply. They said, I don't know her and Elizabeth Ijuan. Haha, what kind of name is that? Note that while Elizabeth Ijuan is just a name I made up, the real name sounds just as bizarre. Someone said, maybe ask your friend if he knows Hanako Sato's number. OP says, done. Someone said, if her face is the same, then maybe she uses a different name for official things than she uses normally. Is she a foreigner? OP said, but like I said, her face is totally different. Reply from my friend. Her numbers, and it's just a bunch of stars, right? Her number's from college, but it's different now, so this is useless info. Of course she's your girlfriend. You've spent loads of time together, but I've never gotten to talk with her once. I called the old number just to be sure. Indeed, it's not in use anymore. Okay, posting some more things that I remember. After going out on Christmas of my second year of college, we went to visit a temple for the new year. I think I wrote something like, quote, I pray we'll always be happy together, end quote. She might have written Hanako Sato, but I can't remember for sure. She gave me chocolates on Valentine's. Around this point, our rooms changed around and we ended up together. In third year, we were sitting in the same seminar. I remember seeing her on the roster and saying, I'm glad we're in the same seminar. Fairly sure the name there was Hanako Sato. Someone said, would you call Sato and Ijuin respectively, both the same? OP says, she's had the same nickname since college and I've called both Hanako Sato and Elizabeth that same name. Someone said, you know Elizabeth's current face, but you don't recognize the old Sato? OP says, I don't know whether it's Sato or Elizabeth, but I don't remember the face of the girl in the photos, but the one I went on the trip with was definitely my girlfriend. I've been too busy with work to go to the hospital. However, I <laughs> did send a phone photo of the girl I don't recognize to my friend. His reply was, question mark, is this back from college? I emailed Elizabeth, how long have we been dating again? And Elizabeth's reply was, about five years, isn't it? I called her her nickname back then, and my friend called her that as well. Someone said, nickname? She has a nickname too? Hold on just one second. Why does this matter? <laughs> I would be like, I don't give a fuck what your name is. And like, I'm confused and we're going to get married, bitch. So tell me what the fuck your name is. Right. Let me TLDR what I'm understanding. And you tell me if this is what you're understanding. So there's a guy. He just proposed to his girlfriend. When he proposed to his girlfriend, she went to sign her name on something, like a formal document, like a marriage license or something. And she wrote a name that was different than what he thought her name was. Right. And he's like too embarrassed to ask her if that's her real name or like where that name came from. And then he went back and looked at some photos from college. And he says that the girl he was dating in college was different than this girl. And so he's like, I could have sworn that her name was Hanako and she looked different. But like, I don't recognize the girl from college that's in the photo. And the girl that he's dating currently says that they've been dating for five years. So that eliminates them being two different people, right? Right. But he says, like, why does she look different in the photo? Okay, I have some ideas. Maybe this guy is lying. <laughs> oh, no, I'm kidding. Maybe this guy has... You know how last episode I was talking about how I think I have 
like a mild case of face blindness because I'll look at two people and I'm like, that's the same person, like Matt Damon and whoever that other guy is. Matt Damon and Matt Matt Damon. Damon. But the point is that you have face blindness. So perhaps he has face blindness to his girlfriend that he's going to marry. Right. But perhaps his face blindness is like different than mine in that he doesn't recognize people from photos. But obviously, if you're like living with someone, you know who they are. It's like when you see a teacher outside of school and right. you're like, "Are you, is that really my teacher? Right, you're seeing them outside of the setting and so yeah. you're like, this is too weird. I don't think it's them. Right. So I'm wondering if that's what the situation is or if this is a body snatching identity. Oh, that's scary. Identity stealing situation. All I know is that if I was Elizabeth or Hanukkah or whatever, this behavior is like so beta that I like could not even marry this guy. Um, if you're too fucking scared to ask me what my name is, literally go fuck yourself. You're not going to survive this relationship. Absolutely. 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 No, I agree with you. Yeah, I would also the questions that OP is asking his current girlfriend for me would be like a red flag. I'd be like, are you having a stroke? Like, do you have a brain bleed? Like, we need to take you to the hospital. You want to know how long we've been dating? Yeah, I understand forgetting like what the anniversary date is because sometimes people just forget. But Mm -hmm. I don't understand forgetting how long approximately you've been dating someone. But I agree with you. If my fiance was like, what? Hey, what's your real name? Hey, uh." I'm going to be like, you're boring the shit out of me. I'm going to hit you with my car. (laughs) (laughs) And I would take him to the hospital. I'd be like, you're dying. We need to figure this out before we get married. Because what if you're dying and I marry you? And then it turns out you had a bunch of debt. Now I'm responsible for it. Marriage is off the table. Yeah. (laughs) Someone says nickname. She has a nickname too. OP says her nickname. Oh, fine. I suppose I might as well specify. Her stage name at the time was Igante Chihuahua. Igante Chihuahua. Thus, I called her Chihuahua. Someone said any developments. OP says not really. I decided I don't want to go to the hospital until I'm certain of a few more things. I'm busy working, so I haven't met my girlfriend or my friend. And I'm a little scared of the two of them meeting face to face. But I'm planning to see my friend tomorrow. What? He's scared of his friend and his girlfriend meeting? I just thought of a new thing. What if he was never dating Hanako Sato and just fantasized in his mind that his girlfriend was Hanako Sato? Because Hanako Sato was out of his league. She's like hotter, whatever. And he unhealthily, like he finally found a girlfriend, is dating this girl and just imagining in his mind sick mind that like he's dating Hanako Sato tells all of his friends hey I'm dating Hanako Sato remember her whatever right and that's why everyone's like weren't you dating Hanako Sato like I don't know I've never met her before I just know that you've been dating her a long time because that's weird to not bring your significant other around your friends in five years Right. I know. That's weird. That's super this weird. strange. Okay. So someone said, for now, show her the old photographs, introduce your friend and Elizabeth to settle everything. Your friend knows that the photo girl is Sato or Chiwa and Elizabeth knows herself as Chiwa. So you three can talk it out. OP says, I'm a little drunk, so I'm going to ramble on somewhat. <laughs> Sorry. I met my friend who I emailed earlier. We met at a pub and we talked while eating. We haven't met in about half a year, but we're occasionally emailing each other. First, I showed him a couple photos of the girl I didn't recognize. I had already sent them earlier, but I thought it might have been harder to judge from the phone camera. My friend said, these are the pictures you sent? I said, yeah. Do you know who's in them? Friend, you and Chiwa, right? Me. You sure? Friend, I don't get it. What's the point? Me. Maybe I'm just messed up in the head, but I don't know who the girl in these pictures is. Friend, what? Seriously? Aren't you dating? Me. Yeah. Did you break up? Me. No. Nothing like that. 
Then what? I couldn't explain it very well, so I kept going on like this. It might have been the alcohol too, but eventually I explained the whole situation. He was quiet for a while, drinking his sake. I wasn't sure what to say. Friend, well, if you yourself think you're messed up, wouldn't it be best to go to the hospital? I've considered it, but I wanted to make sure first. Friend, better hear it from me. This girl is definitely Hanako Sato, and I don't know any girl named Elizabeth Ijuan. Me, then I have a request. I want you to meet with Elizabeth. Friend, what? I don't wanna. Why should I? <laughs> and here I thought this he was a This is a bad friend. friend. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe he got replaced too? Well, not wanting to get into that kind of nonsense, I just figured going out into society changes the person. Friend said, anyway, go to the hospital or get counseling. I'll pay the bill here. So that brought today to a close. Perhaps you could say he ran away from me. Nuts. So I came home rather drunk and Elizabeth was in my room. This wasn't odd since she has an extra key and it's Saturday, but it surprised me a little. I'd gotten a call on my phone, but I didn't notice it until she told me. I suppose the restaurant was too noisy for me to hear it. She said she would have just gone home if I had been a little later. She cleaned up my room and set a nice rice cooker up for breakfast tomorrow. What a good girl. I couldn't believe she wasn't Hanako Sato. Drunkenly, I asked her, how long have we been dating again? Elizabeth, you emailed me that earlier. What's the deal? We started on our second year of college, right? That's right. So this Christmas, it'll be exactly five years. And why did I start calling you Chiwa? My friends called me that because I acted like a Chihuahua. Was that it? Hence the name Aganti Chihuahua. No inconsistency there, I think. But then, oh, I went drinking with my friend today. Elizabeth said, who's that? Apparently, Elizabeth didn't know my friend. Me, who's that? He was in the seminar with us. Hmm, don't really remember him. Were you friends? I thought you hung out with him too. Really? Well, I hung out with the people in my circle more than the seminar people. I couldn't say anything after that. I just thought she was making excuses, but there was still the alcohol and I didn't know how to continue the conversation. So I just went back home for a while. Someone said, try Googling Sato and Elizabeth. You might find some new info. This is getting eerie. OP says, I tried Googling their names earlier, but nothing useful. Same for the nickname. Actually, I'm still kind of drunk. Looking into the screens, wearing me out. I'll go to bed for today. Thanks for listening, everyone. Good evening. No progress. But I'll post since people seem to want me to post once a day. My nerves are progressing, though. Haha, ha. being worn down day by day, starting to have hallucinations of Hanako Sato. I'm going to go have dinner, ask any questions if you have them, and I'll answer them afterward. If there aren't any, I'll be done for today. Someone said, my question is, does OP still want to marry Elizabeth? Did he have feelings for Hanako or Elizabeth? Of course, things may change, but I'm just asking the way it is now. Someone said, what kind of hallucinations? Someone said, what's your next objective? I think you should determine as quickly as possible if Sato and Elizabeth are the same person. Your friend is one thing, but you should go to school and ask the seminar teachers and the club members, and you should find out the truth if you search for it earnestly. And you should really, really go to the hospital if you're serious about hallucinating. OP says, I do want to marry her as long as the issue is resolved. You ask which one I have feelings for, but I didn't know the girl in the photos, so it's a matter of figuring out the situation, not a matter of feelings. I saw the girl from the pictures waving to me from a bus window. What? 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 That's a hallucination. He said, I'm looking for the seminar members and such. I can contact who might have our yearbook. I've considered the school, but it's hard to go not knowing any of the club members. Someone said, I think Elizabeth is doing everything purposely. OP must be under hypnosis or maybe being brainwashed. Liz said, 
What's that you're saying? She calmly lied because she was detecting the brainwashing is wearing off. The visit the other day was to check if he'd snapped out of it too. Elizabeth is no doubt looking into how to re-brainwash him. OP said, can I really be brainwashed or hypnotized without knowing about it? Someone said, at any rate, I think OP should locate Hanako Sato. Do you plan to? Even if there are issues with OP's memory, it seems either his friend or Elizabeth is lying. How do you feel about that? OP said, I'm curious, but I'm scared, honestly. What could they be lying for, though? Still, I'm doubtful of a lot of things at the moment. A whole lot has happened today, so I'll report. I suppose staying chronological would be best, so I'll start with yesterday. Last night, while posting, I got a call from my friend S. He said, I need to talk to you. Can we meet tomorrow, aka today? He told me to bring the photos, and while I didn't know his intentions, I agreed. I asked what he wanted to talk about, but he kept saying, I can't explain it over the phone. Today, I left work and I went to the meeting place. Again, it was the pub. I told them S's name at the counter and they led me to a separate room. And there was someone else there in addition to S, a girl from our seminar named N. While I'm at it, my own initial is T. N smiled. Long time no see, T. We hadn't met since graduation, so I replied, sure has been. I don't understand why N was here. We weren't particularly good friends, so I don't even know her number. So what is it? I asked S. S said, first of all, I'm sorry about the other day. I said, ah, oh, no, it's no problem. So did you tell N about things? S said, I did. I said, well, okay, don't let it spread that I'm like crazy or anything though. N said, don't say that. He called me today because he thought I might help. I was silent. I'm not really sure by what she meant about being helpful. N said, first, show me the photos you showed S. I took the photos from my bag and gave them to N. The ones with the girl I didn't know, who S called Hanako Sato. N kept looking through the few photos over and over. S and I silently watched her. Finally, N looked up and towards S. It's like I thought. What the hell does that mean? I asked N. N asked S, can I tell him? S silently nodded. N told me, T, have you ever heard of prosopagnosia? That's face blindness. I hate this thing. <laughs> what are we reading? <laughs> OP said, yeah, I have, because someone had explained about it in the thread. I looked it up on Wikipedia later. But I don't have that. I can tell faces apart. I mean, I know what your face is like, N. I thought N had just been brought to offer me superficial advice from what little she knew. But N went on, you don't, T. But S does. Uh, what? What? S said, sorry, I didn't want you to know, which is why I acted that way the other day. Me. I've never heard that before. You should have just told me. S. Well, I didn't want a rumor spreading that I was crazy either. And long before S was in college, he had some pretty bad experiences because of it. N handed me the photos. N. So while S isn't able to, I can tell that the girl in these photos isn't Chiwa. It's someone else. So why did S tell me she was Chiwa? Oh, I get it. Okay. All right. Hold on. Let me chime in here. OP is talking to two of his friends. Yeah. One of the friends is the one that he had met with the other night when they were drinking together and he was showing the photos. Right. And his friend S has face blindness. Yes. But he didn't want anyone to know he has face blindness. So he was just like, oh, yeah, that's your girlfriend. Right. Because he didn't understand the situation. Right. He just didn't want a rumor to start about himself. And now that the other friend is there, like with them. He's like, hey, you just have to tell him that you were incorrect, that that's not his girlfriend. That's someone totally different. 
I don't know why. Maybe it's just because this is like a scary story podcast. Like I'm on edge, even though like literally nothing interesting yeah. has happened at all. <laughs> it's almost done, guys. So it better be it fucking great right now. Otherwise, I'm going to freak the fuck out. Yeah. Then what's up with these photos? Why is a girl I don't know wearing that pendant I bought? Anne said, maybe it's a fake. It's made in Photoshop or something. Then Anne pulled something out of her own bag. It was our yearbook. Anne said, look at this. Anne flipped through the pages of the yearbook. She turned to the page for our seminar and showed me there was a photo of the girl I had been calling Elizabeth. Underneath it, it said Hanako Sato. S, why didn't you say you didn't recognize some of Chiwa's pictures? S said, I didn't recognize the clothes and she had different hair. Me, then who's the girl in these pictures? And I don't know. Me, who would make fakes anyway? And I told you, I don't know. And picked up a mug. Let's go to Chiwa's house now. We better just ask her directly. Egged on by Anne to finish our drinks, I emptied my glass. Before leaving the restaurant, I asked them, um, incidentally, are you two dating? S said, mm, yes. Anne said, since we graduated, yes. OP says, S, Anne, and I headed for Chiwa's apartment. We called her to make sure she was in. Chiwa was surprised at being visited by several former classmates, but she let us right in. And it's been a while, Chiwa. Chiwa, you haven't changed, N, and er, S, was it? S, we didn't talk much. Figures you might forget my name. Chiwa appears to look at S and remember his name. It was possible she only remembered from what I told her the other day. Me, um, I know this is weird, but can you show us your license? Chiwa, huh? Why? Me, there's just something we want to check. Chiwa, well, okay. Chiwa handed us her license. It said Hanako Sato on it. What? what? Someone said, what the? Elizabeth vanished? OP said, me, so it's Hanako Sato. Chiwa, well, of course it is. Me, the other day I asked you if your name was Hanako Sato and you said, what are you saying? Chiwa, yes, I did because I had no idea why you were asking me my name after dating for five years. Then why did you write Elizabeth Ijuan on the marriage form? Chiwa, huh? I did what? I showed Chiwa the form. I had it in my bag along with the photos. The form had my name as well as her name, Elizabeth Ijuan. Chiwa, I don't have any idea. Me, I wrote my name, I gave it to you, and you gave it back to me. Chiwa, didn't you give me an envelope with a blank form in it? Me, that can't be right. Chiwa, I just wrote my name and sent it back in the envelope. Someone said, I have no idea what is happening. What? <laughs> I'm, I also have no idea. OP said, uh, and was the envelope replaced? Me, that couldn't have happened. And I think it's more likely than a person being replaced. Did you ever show Chiwa the documents with that weird name on them before? Me. No, I only asked her about it. Still not understanding anything I talked to Chiwa. Me. So it's like I thought. Your name isn't Elizabeth Ijuan. Chiwa. Absolutely not. Me. Then who is Elizabeth Ijuan? And maybe it's the girl in these photos. And held them out. I felt my heart stop for a moment. My gut sank. It seemed like the pieces were coming together. Her, this girl, was she Elizabeth Ijuan? N said, Chiwa, have you seen these photos before? Chiwa, I thought there were photos from my trip with T, but the faces are different. What's going on? Chiwa stepped into a room in the back. I knew it was her bedroom and brought back a small, thin photo case. Chiwa, I think these are the originals. Chiwa took the photos out of the case one by one and compared them with mine side by side. They were exactly the same, only the girl's face was different. The color in the photos I had was a little weaker too. I thought it might be pixelation. 
I said, Chiwa, do you know who this girl is? Chiwa, nope, I don't know her at all. And, well, that's fine, right? <laughs> we finally cleared up T's confusion and smiled, satisfied as if to say, I'm glad I was helpful. Not at all. I wasn't smiling because I think about it. Someone had replaced the envelopes, how? Someone had replaced my personal photos, how? Did they break into my room? Did they break into Chiwa's room? Did they rummage through my bag and no one knew who? No one knew this girl named Elizabeth Yijuan. With that said, I'm in Chiwa's room right now. I'm scared to go home. I'm posting from an iPad. I mentioned I had a hallucination of the girl in the photos yesterday. She was waving at me from a bus window. <gasps> Wait a minute. I'm scared. Stop. You Wait a me. minute. This is like a succubus situation. Hold on. Hold on. It's almost done. You just scared the shit out of me. I was like going to cry. <laughs> Shut up. I hate you. Okay, this has been it. almost 45 minutes I of am this so story. Pissed. Hold on. It said, he said, with that said, I'm in Chiwa's room now. I'm scared to go home. I'm posting from an iPad. I mentioned I had a hallucination of the girl in the photos yesterday. She was waving at me from a bus window. But maybe it wasn't a hallucination. It could have been the real Elizabeth Ijuan waving. Radiant smile and all. I don't know what I'm going to do now, but this will be the end of my reports. Thank you for listening to me, everyone. Fuck this thing. Are you fucking serious? Okay, all right. So I think if we edit- that, did we just get Rickrolled? We're at like almost 45 minutes. So if you guys are listening to this story, I think what we're going to have to do is edit this particular listener story down. I at first thought this was going to be a situation where the OP had like face blindness or I was looking up a bunch of shit on my phone. I was like, okay, maybe derealization where like they go through a traumatic experience and now they're just like disconnected from their life and they don't like remember certain parts of it. Or apparently there's something called agnosia, which is different from prosopagnosia, which is what um, face blindness is, but it's similar. But apparently it's where you don't recognize certain types of objects in addition to people. So, okay, at first I thought it was that. Now I'm like, nope. This is a succubus situation. This is like a demon that is posing as this guy's girlfriend and trying to like slowly like weasel, like slowly is getting stronger and stronger <gasps> to the point where like it comes alive and just replaces his girlfriend. That's what but I think. why does it want to get legally married and bound to him? Because maybe... Don't succubus just like want your bodily fluids? But maybe it's like a special kind of succubus that's like really into monogamy. Or like maybe... Oh my God. No, I think maybe there's a kind of demon perhaps in Japanese mythology. I don't know. We're going to have to call Reina, our friend Reina Scully. That just marries and you and like nags you and ruins your life. Or like, <laughs> or like gains personhood mm. through attaching itself to someone like an attachment you know what i'm saying right but like in the u.s when we think of an attachment we think of just like a demon that's like taken a liking to you and just like chills around you and maybe like tries to possess you or objects around you and like fuck with your life but maybe this type of attachment is more literal where it's like they go through this marriage process and if op had like turned in this marriage license and not questioned the name change maybe he wouldn't be able to get rid of this demon. Okay, wait a second, though. Let me just figure out if I understood this because I feel like I'm being gaslit. This was not a good story. <laughs> so you tell me. This guy, he's dating this girl for five years. He proposes to her, but he decides to do the marriage license first before they do the wedding. He gets out the forms and he wrote a form and sent it to her in an envelope. And then... So I think there's two different stories. She's saying that that's what happened, that what you described is happening. The girl, Chiwa, is saying, yeah, you just like gave me a 
blank form in an envelope and I signed it and like sent it back to you. But in his mind, he remembers giving her this like marriage license that he has with him. Uh-huh. And like the girl wrote down Elizabeth Ijewin. And then now OP's actual girlfriend, Hanako Sato, is looking at that marriage license and she's like, that's not the what you gave me. Because he she's like, you gave me a blank form and I like signed it and mailed it back. That's but, not my but name. But wasn't he at one point sitting with someone looking at their face and realizing that he didn't recognize them? I don't know. I don't understand what happened in the story. I hate the story. I thought it was good. It just took a long time to get to the point. But that's the beauty of 2chan, 4chan, and Reddit threads. Similar, you know what it reminds me of? When I was telling you the story of Lake City Quiet Pills, and I was reading you that guy's like Reddit post history, and you were like, get to the fucking point. (laughs) And I was like, no, 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 I have to tell you this because you have to hear the background on this guy. And you were like, I don't care. Like, why are you telling me about this old man? My attention span, you guys, I just get mad because I don't think it's short. I think everyone else's attention span is super long. And if we were in the wild, I would survive because I'm like, something's fucking weird. I'm getting out. And everyone else is like, oh, let me just stay around and like figure out what's happening. This is true. (laughs) This is true. I would be the person in the horror movie that's like, there's a noise coming from the basement like let's go down and look at it right like that's weird i replaced the water heater like three to five years ago and it should be under warranty still let me go investigate yeah exactly (laughs) logically this does not make sense that there's a noise coming from down there look who was the listener that sent this in it's vondra vondra thank you very much for sharing that story i will say um i feel your pain Because sometimes I'm reading like a Reddit thread and I go all the way through it and I'm like, this is so fucking cool. And then I try to show it to someone else and they like read the first sentence and they're like, this is stupid. Like, no, I'm not not saying it's stupid. I'm just saying I don't understand what happened. Okay. And and was it scary? (laughs) I think it's scary. I think it just took forever to get to the point. But if this is a true story and not a creepypasta, that makes sense. Because when you're living a scary situation in real life, shit takes forever to happen, right? It's not like a novel where it's like act one, act two, act three. In real life, it's like, here's five years of really boring shit. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, like an asteroid hits my car. (laughs) I get cancer. I jump off a cliff, but survive. My boyfriend dies in a fire. You know what I mean? Like Like the juicy stuff happens. Right. But in order to get to that point, like if you were reading a biography of my life, it would be like, Nothing, 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 nothing. And all of a sudden it would be like, what? Right. Like just everything terrible at once. Right. Yeah. <laughs> or interesting. Everything terrible and interesting all happens at once. That's true. What yeah. a beautiful way to look at it. All right. Let me, let's do a palate cleanser, Natalia. Let's do something that maybe has a more linear feel to it. Yeah. I can't concentrate that hard again ever. <laughs> you did a good job. I commend you. You really read that with a lot of feeling and gusto. You captured my attention. Okay. This one comes from Liz. Listener Sawyer. Hi, Nat and Allie. I love the podcast. I listen to it when I go for my walks in the morning, and I've recently joined the Discord, so some of these stories will also be in there. Shout out to the Discord. Oh, yeah. I've been a skeptic for most of my life, but I love the stories associated with hauntings and spooky stuff. I'd say now I'm more open about the supernatural, but still skeptic leaning. That being said, here are some haunted experiences of mine. First of all, I was born the day before Halloween. I think it would be illegal for me to not be haunted. So my roommate has a service dog. When they're home, he's off duty and we can hang out with him and pet him and stuff. He's very cute and sweet and of course he's trained really well. He never barks or anything. 
A few months ago, my roommate was in the shower one night, and the dog and I were sitting in the hallway between the bathroom and our rooms. The only door open to the hallway was the one to my room. The only source of light was my bedroom light. My blinds were closed, nothing could have shifted the lighting at all. I was sitting with my back to my room, facing the rest of the hallway. The dog was sitting in my lap. Suddenly, out of the corner of my eye, I saw something dark move in the top corner of the ceiling I was no, facing. No, no, I wouldn't have thought anything of it, but the dog reacted to it at the same time that I did. No. And he even barked, which he is specifically trained not to do. <gasps> no. I still don't know what it was. So maybe it was a ghost or demon? Question mark, question mark. I was on a FaceTime call last week with my friends who are sisters. I was sitting on my bed holding my phone. My ukulele was lying on the other side of the bed, not touching me at all. My friends and I started shit-talking the religion we were all raised in, <laughs> and suddenly the ukulele started making noises like someone was slowly plucking the strings. Oh my god, God is real and he's mad. <laughs> <laughs> when we stopped, it stopped. I quickly put it away and we changed the conversation. <laughs> I was just actually just talking to That's my hilarious. therapist about this the other day. I was like telling her a story and I was like, right. So because of my naturally conflict avoidant personality, this is what I chose <laughs> to do in the situation. And she was laughing. She was like, yeah, we need to work on that. And I was like, <laughs> it's not changing. My mother's side of the family is from a very small Canadian island with a population of about 4,300 people or about 25 people per square kilometer. The island is spelled Isle Madame, but we pronounce it like all Madame. A few years ago, there was a scandal involving lobster poaching and murder? What? I know true crime isn't really your biz, but this island is also super definitely haunted and this only adds to it. Note, Petite de Gras is pronounced like Peta de Gras, and then there's a link to this. I'm gonna click the link in a minute, but hold on, let me finish this paragraph. Also, shortly before this happened, a bunch of houses were broken into, including my grandfather's. His television was stolen along with a few other things, including a drawn portrait of my aunt, which like, why would someone want a drawing of a random woman? That's Honestly, scary. that is haunted. That is That's very scary. scary. Like some weird murderer no. demon just like walks in and is like, this is a hot lady and just steals a drawing. <laughs> That's fucking haunted. Also, the houses there are old as fuck, and there's no way they're not haunted. If I have any pics, I will send them in a separate email. My family visits for several weeks every year, so I know the area well. Okay, this last haunting is shorter, and it's on the other side of my family. My grandfather passed away earlier this year from cancer, and before his death, he started telling his sons all sorts of weird stories about his life. I wasn't there to hear all this because I was at school, so this is all secondhand for my parents. But one of these stories was that he worked for the CIA. My mother thinks he was probably just confused because he did do work as an engineer for contract defense companies. Was my grandfather just losing it or was he actually involved in the CIA at some point? Ooh. I unfortunately have no other details from this because my parents didn't really think anything of it. Thanks for reading this far, Sawyer. 
first of all, love that for your parents that they're just yeah. like, I don't know. He said he worked for the CIA. He's dying. Like, <laughs> who cares? I wonder if he no, worked for the like CIA. No, that's like my mom. You know the meme where it's like, you're like, we want ice cream. And she's like, we've got ice cream at home. And then it's like some bullshit that's not ice oh, cream. Oh, so it's like, I work for the CIA. Right. No, we have the CIA at home. Yeah, and it's exactly. Like you on a computer stalking your ex-boyfriend. Right. Like it turns into you worked at the CIA. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so this is the link about the lobster murder. Um, it's a BuzzFeed article by Peter Andre Smith entitled, Two years ago, in a small Nova Scotian village, a local troublemaker and lobster thief went missing, and three lobstermen eventually confessed to his vicious murder. What? Why would they confess? Had this trickster <laughs> finally gotten what was coming to him? Or was the real story, and what it said about its community, something much more tragic? Okay, first of all, that's a terrible title for an article. Right. I thought you can't poach lobster, that you just like are allowed to take them. Well, they're cockroaches. Did you know that? That lobsters are actually related to cockroaches. That's fucking disgusting. And that originally, when like the colonies were being established in the US, lobsters were for poor people because they're cockroaches. Right. They're sea-dwelling cockroaches. Yeah, it looks gross. It looks really bad. Why the fuck do people eat that shit? Like they just put the whole fucking carcass on their plate and then they're like, yeah, I like the brain. It tastes good. And I'm like, you're a fucking scary <laughs> ass person right now. And we're just all acting like this is normal. Right. Well, let me read you part of this article because there's no solution to that. So according to this article, quote, On the morning of June 1st, 2013, Vinard Sampson motored across the mouth of Petit de Gras Harbor in a small fishing boat. The narrow harbor off the southeastern coast of Nova Scotia is wedged between Petit de Gras Island, where he lives, and the wooded tail end of a larger island known as Isle Madame. Hmm. By 6.30 a.m., he'd pulled one line of lobster traps and glided past a green navigational buoy. The North Atlantic, known for its rough winds and heavy swell. This is like sexual. Yeah. I'm going to skip that. I'm not in a sexual mood. I'm in a haunted mood. Let me skip to when it gets haunted. Okay. Venard circled the damaged boat three times and discovered a floating gas tank and some, some green rope tangled around an anchor. The skiff's outboard motor was missing, and its bowline, the rope that ties to the front of a boat, was apparently cut. Venard, a short man with a laborer's physique, who often speaks in an excitable squawk. Again, this is turning into sexual. Yeah, excitable squawks. Like excitable squawks at a laborer's physique? This is a romance <laughs> novel. Are anyway. people just trolling us today with these stories? I can do this. I can do this. Just summarize it. Okay. All right, there's this guy, Venard. All He's right. in the ocean. Yeah. Circling around. Okay. Comes upon a boat. The boat is unoccupied. He's like, that sketch. Right. He has a laborer's physique. <laughs> <laughs> he calls the Canadian Coast Guard using his radio. Okay. He has like a GPS thing with him. It's mm -hmm. not working. He can't give his coordinates. Okay. He has a laborer's physique. <laughs> <laughs> he decides... The only thing that makes sense for some reason is to get his cock out is, is to get out his lobster trap. <laughs> and he's like, here's the deal. I don't have GPS. The only thing that makes sense is to drop my lobster trap because this will mark the spot that mm. this boat is at. Right now. Why is the boat not a good landmark? Right. Yeah, that's, what I, <laughs> I that's what I'm missing. I don't, I don't know, but I'm summarizing this on the fly. So maybe I'm okay. missing something. All mariners are requested to be on the lookout and report any sightings of a man overboard because the coast guard 
who has been alerted yeah is like whoops there's an abandoned boat nobody's right. there that's sketch you're right there must be someone in the water exactly so they send out uh something over the radio everybody knows about it everyone's on the lookout Vinard, the man with the laborer's physique yeah he's like i dropped my load in the <laughs> ocean so that people could find this mystery i've done my due diligence right he goes back to the uh fisherman's wharf right with a bunch of semen yes and he's like here's my big boat I'm done with it. Right. And he gives it to his coworker, who's also a lobsterman. In 50 years of fishing, apparently neither of these lobstermen had ever encountered such a puzzling situation. So they're, you know, trying to figure out what happened. They figure out who the owner of that boat is because they realize they apparently remember suddenly that the guy who owns this boat is Philip Bowser. Bowser is a nickname. And the name of the boat is the Midnight Slider, which again, what? That is the title of a romance novel. The Midnight Slider? Yes. He slides in at midnight. Yeah, no, I I got that. And he's gone <laughs> when the sun rises. He was a 43-year-old bull-necked man <laughs> and going soft around the waist? <gasps> Wait, are you serious? Yes. Okay, and he didn't have a license to go lobster fishing. So people were like, hey, this guy is is taking our lobsters and not paying the necessary permits. Right. And that's not okay. We're all paying the necessary permits. Why is this guy that's going soft around his dick, <laughs> why is he allowed to do this? And apparently he would do it late at night under the glow of the moon. Right. And he had a blonde Labrador that would go with him. Oh, wow. Why they wouldn't just say a golden Labrador, I, I don't know. know. <laughs> Perhaps this is all an innuendo and it was a blonde woman right. who's like very loyal. Like a Labrador. <laughs> yeah. So later that morning, uh, a ball cap washes ashore and a pair of boots. And they're like, wow, this must be Philip Bowser. Right. Because it's the only thing that makes sense. The Royal Canadian Mounted Police, they're investigating. They're yeah. going in. They're looking at this lobster trap. They're looking at the boat the midnight slider right they're looking at the evidence that has presented itself to them and they are like you know what there's been an altercation here so five days later mounties on horses come into the fisherman's wharf and they end up arresting the entire crew of a boat called the twin maggies which seems <laughs> like a euphemism for tits <laughs> and one deckhand later confesses to shooting the guy but was it under pressure was it not under pressure we may never know and another member of the crew later claims that they drowned him while he was still in his boat so they like pushed his head under the water and drowned him and then threw his body overboard because they wanted wow. to make sure he died ruthless right so then this is obviously a wild story hits the presses and it's been dubbed murder for lobster instead of murder for hire mm. and this is a normally like a very quiet tranquil fishing village it hadn't had a murder in over 20 years and so this like goes viral right okay everyone's freaking out 
everyone's like, what the fuck? And all these stories about how shitty this Philip Bowser guy start, you know, becoming known. So people are like, first of all, he didn't pay his permit. Second of all, he did midnight sliding in the night with my blonde wife. <laughs> Third of all, he would steal people's lobster traps. So people would throw their traps down and then he would midnight slide in and he would right. take their traps. Okay. So everyone's like, who gives a fuck? We don't care. It's free, free my man, uh, whoever the names of these crewmen are. Um, and then people are divided. The town is divided. Okay. Half the people are like, who cares if he has a criminal history? You don't deserve to die just because you're a scammer and steal people's lobsters. And the other half is like, fuck you. We're sm a small town and we <laughs> like lobsters. Okay. Now, <laughs> now, um, <laughs> that's it. That's literally it. That's what happened. And then you guys um, are killing me with these links. This is a quote. It's a story about how things can unravel anywhere, not just on a remote island off another island off the coast of Canada, but the Acadians are survivors. I guess that must be what they call the people that live on this island. The Acadians are survivors. As one islander put it to me, suspicious and a little superstitious. That's it. Mm. And now every night at midnight, you can see a the laborers. midnight slider with a laborer's physique that's soft around the middle bull neck with a with a blonde labrador of right. a woman going <laughs> down on the on the lobsters oh wow sawyer thank you very much for these thank hauntings you. um i appreciate it the best one out of your email to be honest with you if i'm going to pick a favorite is the ukulele that started playing yeah. when you were talking shit about god yeah no that's fucking hilarious <laughs> and then you're like all right well we're just gonna stop having that conversation <laughs> that would scare the shit out of that me. That would absolutely scare the shit out of me. Natalia, yeah. regale us with your next email. All right. This next <laughs> one comes to us from Summer O. It's titled, Anxiety or Haunting? Better be fucking haunting. <laughs> they say, hi, I absolutely adore this podcast oh, and you guys you. always make me laugh, but I have a story. This started about a month ago. I was home alone and it was probably like one or two in the morning. I had been in and out of sleep and I couldn't tell what was a dream and what was reality. During this time, I had been walking past my front door. My door has these windows and allows me to see the street in front of me. So I was walking to our kitchen and as I passed the front door, I saw this huge monster. What? And I'm talking long ass fingernails and weirdly disproportional, like weirdly lanky and skinny. So I end up running to get a knife. And I hear this voice. It sounded exactly like my dad. And this voice starts telling me to open the door and let him in. <gasps> no. At this point, I really can't tell if I'm asleep or awake and I keep going from this to my bed. Eventually, I end up hiding in my room and locking my door. Somehow, this thing ended up getting in my house. What? And I ended up freaking out. I ended up like running into the backyard and I kept on having anxiety attacks throughout this entire thing. I ended up waking up in a cold sweat and it terrified me. Skip to the next night and my boyfriend's spending the night. 
every single time I turn a corner, I saw this creature. No. I started to hear voices that would tell me to let it in, and it would really freak me out. Later into the night, I was leaving a room, and I had just turned off the light. Immediately, I heard the nails on the ground, and I started to run. It really scared the shit out of me. I still will randomly see this thing out in the corner of my eye, and I immediately have to get out of the space I'm in. So I really don't know what's happening, and it really freaks me out. But yeah, I have anxiety, and it could just be that. But I was listening to your podcast, and I realized that maybe other people have to deal with it. Thanks so much. Summer. 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 I fucking hate to be the bearer of bad news. That's a demon. That's horrible. That's either a demon or a cryptid or that's it. Those are the only two options in my mind. Get on your fucking knees. Put your hands together and pray. If you don't believe to in your God, deity start of choice. believing. Pray to the universe. Pray to our alien overlords that are running the simulation. Right. Whatever. Whatever. Whatever your God is, pray to it. Tell it to protect you. That's scary, that especially because so it was scary. imitating her father. I definitely think it's not making your anxiety better. For no, sure. for sure not. It also weirdly reminds me of the first story, the the two chan post, because it's an incident where like something is imitating something else, mm. but it's not quite right. You know what I, I mean? I really don't like that when your boyfriend spent the night, it didn't help. Yeah, that seems like maybe he is haunted as well. Yeah, break up. That's my advice. If he can't even keep away the monsters, he's worthless. Then what purpose is he (laughs) serving? Thank you, Summer. This next one comes from Anna C. Dear Allie and Nat, first off, I want to thank you two for creating this podcast. It is truly the best one I have come across, and I am addicted. Hmm. Thank you for saying that. Sometimes I wonder. Thank you for being addicted. Yeah. I look forward to going into work and going about my shift while listening to Let's Get Haunted. Each story keeps me on my toes and at the edge of my seat, while I find myself almost dying of laughter as the two of you converse and add personal touches and personal stories. You know what? This is the nicest thing I've heard right. all week, Anna C. Yeah. If you can leave this in a five-star review <laughs> on Apple Podcast, oh I would love that for me. <laughs> okay, side note, we just got another one-star review. What'd they say? Uh, somebody listened to one of our early episodes and that's it. And they were like, the audio quality on this is trash. I have to turn it up and then turn it back down and I was just sitting there reading it and I was like I'm not even mad because they're right well first of all they're right but also like this is free content like what do people not understand it's free it's not always going to be good because it's free maybe we need to go back and re-record the beginnings no I refuse we are who we are (laughs) I am writing to you too to hopefully return some of the entertainment personally I feel that I myself may be a bit haunted or maybe like something is following me For as long as I can remember, I'm constantly waking up at 3 a.m. or 3.05 a.m. or 3.30 a.m. for no reason. No. I have survived and walked away from too many stupid and reckless situations. Either a kind spirit or a guardian angel, or it is absolutely dumb luck. Anyway, these stories may not interest you at all, and I apologize, but also thank you for reading them. I have a few. One that is kind of long and just a few that wouldn't hurt to mention. I will start off with the story of my oldest brother, Nathan, that my dad has told me a few times. My brother, Nathan, went with my dad to a cemetery to pay their respects to my dad's parents. 
After my dad had been saying a few prayers, he turned and noticed my brother Nathan, who was only six at the time, was missing. No. Of course, my dad panicked and called out for him. He ended up finding him a few moments later at another grave, just sitting there. No. A grave of someone that my dad does not know. He told Nathan it was time to go, and he heard Nathan say, Bye! to the headstone. No. And on the way home in the car, he told my dad that the person there called out to him. <gasps> no. And Nathan held a conversation with this spirit and told my dad that this person at this grave was his friend in heaven. My dad asked him if he had any other friends there, and my brother replied and told my dad, yeah, daddy, you were my best friend in heaven. What the fuck? His dad's dead? I'm freaking out. What's happening? <laughs> he told my father that because they were best friends in heaven, that's why he was born and became my dad's son. Oh, that's sweet. And that he would miss him when they had to separate again. No, I'm gonna cry. Of course, this spooked my dad and he changed the subject. <laughs> and sadly, my brother Nathan has passed away. That's sad. I'm sad. I'm sad now. Okay. Okay, wait, let me That's process that. Very haunted, but I'm so sad. The the son knew he was gonna die though, right? Because he said I'll be sad when we have to separate again. Yeah. Yeah, it does seem like foreshadowing. Yeah. Anna C, first of all, my condolences. I'm yes. very sorry that you lost your brother. I'm sure that must be really difficult. I can't imagine losing my brother. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to make it positive in my mind because otherwise I won't be able to sleep tonight. Again, another argument for reincarnation. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know that that is my preferred afterlife. Sure. And that's what I want. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a case for reincarnation. Of course it is. So although it is sad that someone passes young, perhaps it's but he reassuring. Young. He was like infinite, right? Because he had been the dad's friend in another life. Great point. I was thinking it from the point, like the standpoint of being a mother. I was like, was Enzo like one of my best friends in a past life? Like, are we like soulmates in Maybe. a way? You know? Didn't we decide that Enzo and I were bog people? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we did. My next story is about my daughter. Not too much to say, but I know you guys mentioned in one of your episodes that babies and children are more sensitive to spirits because they are closer to their past lives. Well, I have a one-year-old daughter and I swear this child can see spirits anywhere. We currently live in a townhouse that was built in the early 90s. And many times when I am playing with her or holding her, I will catch her looking right at the landing of our stairs and she will laugh, giggle, and clap her hands. She will smile and make noises as if someone is making faces at her and playing with her behind my back. This townhouse gives me a weird feeling, especially when I am alone. I don't have any evidence of someone passing away here, but I do believe there is something. This next story is about the Seven Gates of Hell and Acid Bridge. This is in O'Fallon slash Collinsville, Illinois. If you don't know where these places are, we are in Southern Illinois, less than an hour from St. Louis, Missouri. Go Cardinals. As a baseball fan, obviously I'm a Dodgers fan, but the Cardinals, I feel like have the coolest merch ever because their mascot's a Cardinal. Yeah. And Cardinals are so beautiful. Like who wouldn't want a fucking beautiful regal red bird on right. their hat? Fucking cool mascot. Yeah. Other people like have an explorer something not aesthetically pleasing right you know or like what I something mean? racist yeah yeah but a cardinal right that's fucking what's cool. a dodger they used to be located in brooklyn they were the brooklyn dodgers oh. 
And I believe, is it like a train dodger or something? I don't know, but it's not good. It's not good. And <laughs> our mascot, I'm pretty sure, is just like a giant baseball. <laughs> it's just stupid. But I, but that's fine. Okay. Anyway, go Cardinals. These are old trestles and a graffitied bridge back out on some back roads that almost every high schooler would go to. I know some paranormal group did some research on the seven gates and went to see if they could contact spirits. They weren't very memorable, so I'm not sure who. The stories I have heard about the seven gates is that you must start your trip through the first gate at exactly midnight. You have to drive from gate one to the last. Some of the trestles have tombstones on top. I would tell you what they say or what year they're from, but I'll be very honest, each attempt I have made to go up to one, I have chickened out because I felt a very negative energy hit me the moment I stepped out no. of the car. As you drive through each gate, there is a story for a few of them. I cannot remember which story goes to which gate, but I know that a few were apparently used for hanging people. And after you drive through them, if you look behind you, you will see the bodies hanging from a rope. No. We need to do an episode on this, Natalia. This I'm is like haunting. Looking at, look curse. at these things. Okay, we're gonna post these pictures to our Instagram at Let's Get Haunted. Another gate, a woman threw herself onto the tracks as the train was coming because the love of her life rejected her. At another gate, if you have even made it that far or found it, the hellhounds chase you until you reach the next gate. And I'll mention that most of these are a few miles apart. You guys, our room is like I'm crackling scared. and like noises are I happening around us. I would definitely get attacked by those dogs because I cannot run a mile fast right now. <laughs> and remember, hellhounds are supposed to be at crossroads. So like it kind of makes sense because that thing Natalia is showing me right now shows like a train trestle. Yeah. Like creating a tunnel going over this road that you drive down. So that creates a crossroad. This checks right. out is what I'm saying. And hopefully you are the only one attempting to drive through these gates because only one vehicle will fit through at a time, which leads to a story of another gate. Supposedly some teenagers were driving through the gates one night while drinking and they were not paying attention. Well, as they went through one gate, another car was attempting to go through as well and they collided and all the passengers died. That's haunted. Yeah, that's like legit haunted. Acid Bridge is one of these gates. I believe it may be the last gate. It is believed that in the 1970s, that was a popular place for teenagers to go out to and trip on acid. Well, one teenager apparently fell over the side of the bridge, which is a long drop over 10 feet and died. Oh my God. Now, if you go through every gate, you are supposed to see a ghost car at the end. What the hell? The ghost car is supposed to chase you and you best get away or you well may just end up a ghost yourself. What? This is haunted. There's I mean, like no part of this process that's redeeming. So why, why would, would you, you go do through it? it? I'm just for the thrill yeah. because we're stupid. I right. might do it. <laughs> Some years ago, they closed off two of the gates. They are barricaded with blocks of concrete, I think. About three years ago, my friend and I decided to attempt this spooky challenge because there is nothing else to do in Southern Illinois if you aren't old enough to get into a bar. See, I <laughs> fuck with this. This is me going into a basement in a horror movie. We went from gate one and on to the next and the next. As we were approaching the last gate, we assumed we wouldn't see the ghost car because we were unable to go through two of the gates, although we did drive past them. However, as we were coming closer and closer, we all had this unsettling feeling and we tried to shrug it off, but it got stronger. And then we went through the gate. 
and all of a sudden there are bright headlights shining on us and they are coming up fast. At first we assumed it was a cop telling us to get lost and stop hanging out at these gates, but no lights came on. <gasps> we started getting really nervous now because we don't recall passing any other cars. Shoot them. Then my friend Eli screams and says, it's the ghost car. We're going to die. Hit the gas, oh, no. Lisa. <laughs> We all screamed and Lisa had the pedal to the floorboard. And as we reached the highway at the end of the road, the lights disappeared. What the fuck? We were in awe because what was that? And who and where did they slash it go? Was it really the ghost car? We went back through the last few gates hoping to see it again or figure out what it was, but nothing happened this time. And we decided to call it a night and probably consider ourselves lucky. And since then, I have not attempted to go through the gates again. Fuck. See, this is why. This, this is, is why a good email. I want a concealed carry license yeah. for instances like that. Natalia's like crying, you guys. She has tears in her eyes. Her eyes are moist. <laughs> At the bottom, I have copied a link to a YouTube video about the seven gates. I figured if it interested you ladies, I'd allow you two to have the fun of looking more into it. Amazing. Thank you so yeah. much for your time and thank you for making your amazing podcast. Please don't stop making episodes and please stay the hilarious and down to earth and entertaining haunted chicks you are. Much love and stay haunted, Annie C. P.S. I have another story. However, I have no proof of any kind and I'm weary about it. All information is from another source. It involves a missing man who I believe to have been murdered. What? Girl, write in another email. Wait, that was the end of the email? Yes. A cliffhanger if I've ever heard one. What? You may say she dropped us off a trestle right. at the end there. <laughs> that was a great story. That was great. We need to do an episode on that. That's yeah. I love that kind of haunted shit. Urban like, legends. Yes. So fun. This one comes to us from Xana S. Hello, Allie and Nat. I have been listening to the podcast for quite some time now, and I'm absolutely in love with it. I think you both are hilarious, and I enjoy the topics you guys discuss. I love the fact that you include your listeners on the podcast through listener stories. Woo -woo. My family and I have had multiple cases of paranormal experiences, and I want to share my personal favorite experience. My mom and I used to work at a coffee shop slash art studio in a building that was over a hundred years old. Automatically and was a haunted. Mill. Yeah. Automatic, automatic haunting. My mom worked at the coffee shop while I worked at the art studio. My mom would occasionally work the morning shift alone. Sometimes the bell hung above the door to alert when the customer had arrived would randomly ring and no one was there. Haunted. Another time my mom and I were closing late in the evening and all of the customers had left at this point. She had asked me to grab her purse off the table and hand it to her. She was in the kitchen with her back turned towards me. I swung her purse over my shoulder and made a few steps when I felt this weight or tug on my shoulder. I jumped, screamed, and threw the purse to the ground. I turned around and found that no one was there. Fuck. And not a chair or anything to get caught on. It felt as though I was being robbed. When I share my story with my coworkers, a few of them had mentioned experiences of their own. I later found out that there's a young boy and an old woman that have been seen. If old women are so haunted, so are young boys. It is possible that the young boy was pulling a prank on me that one night and tugged on the purse to get my attention. Since then, we've had paranormal investigators come back to the building 
which concluded that there were spirits. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed my story. Thank you so much for everything you do. Sincerely, Santa. Something something about people working like during closing time in shops and like scary shit happening to them just makes me really scared. Working in retail is like really haunted because I did. It's very haunted. Yeah, me too. (laughs) And then to just add that like a ghost ghost is there. It's like I'm not getting paid enough for this shit. Exactly. I used to work at a golf course. I've talked about this before. It was very haunted, mostly because of old drunk men. However, One night I was working a night shift after the golf course had closed because we needed to do something in the bar and grill. I don't even remember what it was. Keep in mind, I was like 17, 18 and they had me closing by myself. I don't even know what I was doing, cleaning out freezers. Right. And I was supposed to call my manager when I was leaving so that he would know that like I hadn't been murdered. And so I closed up and I'm calling my manager and he doesn't fucking answer. And I'm leaving this voicemail and I'm like, oh, uh, hey, I don't even remember what his name was. Something stupid like Todd. And I was like, hey, hey, Todd, like it's me just letting you know I'm like locking up the barn grill. And as I'm leaving a fucking voicemail, I hear something like walking towards me. It's pitch black. There's yeah. no lights no. on a golf course at night. None at all. So what'd you do? I'm literally, I'm on the phone and I'm like, uh, uh, so <laughs> I'm closing up. And, and then it's just like me running and I'm like, so I'm closing up and I'll be back for my shift tomorrow. Just wanted to let you know I'm fine. Everything's good. Like everything I did, I punched out. Okay, bye. And I just like hang up and I just ran to my fucking truck and Smart I Smart move. Honestly. Sorry if I blew out headphone users' um, <laughs> eardrums. Alyssa was like pantomiming being on the phone and running. And it was really great, honestly. Thank you. I'm glad. You know what? One of these days we're going to bring back our video episodes and you guys can see us at midnight looking at each other in the, a dark room where there may be a crazy man <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ready to attack us. Yeah. Shit's just like gets worse for us all the time, doesn't it? <laughs> okay. This next episode comes from Sarah S.W. Wait, I don't get to read one? Wait, was that my episode? Yeah. No, that was your you episode. Just, no, no, you just told a story about uh, that person. What? You told a story about someone closing up. Oh, a- I thought your story was the story. Okay, no, you continue. You're right. Oh, yeah. No, sorry. <laughs> I just like, sometimes, you know, you're listening to these listener stories and you're like, this is haunted and it reminds me of this other thing. Hey, I'm a listener. <laughs> I was listening. So that was a listener story. Okay, wait. Can I say one more thing that that email reminded me about? It's short. Sure. One of my favorite radio rental episodes is also about a girl who's closing up at like a blockbuster type store at night and she she is closing up and she runs into a guy in one of the aisles and it was in the adult movie aisle. So she's like, oh, this guy's acting weird. But maybe that's why, because like he is renting porn and like that fucking yeah. sucks. Like in pre-internet days, right? Right. It's too embarrassing. It's very embarrassing. But the guy is dressed really weird. He's like dressed in this bright red getup, like a like a stereotypical cartoon devil. Did you listen to this episode? I did, Yes. She then like is closing up the store with her coworker. The guy never leaves. So she's like, oh, I need to go find him and tell him we're closing up. And she goes to find him and he's not fucking there. And then she looks on the security tapes and he's not on the security tapes. And you can see exactly where he was supposed to be standing. And, he wasn't and she walks there. by that area and there's nobody there. Right. And she can see herself on the tapes doing what she was doing, talking to someone who's not who's there not on there. the tapes. And the guy oh, was dressed. I have the chills. I know. He was dressed it. in head to toe in like a red tuxedo. I fucking, this is scary. I'm dying. 
This one comes to us from Sarah SW. Hi, Allie and Nat. I've been listening to your podcast the past few days to pass time at work, and hearing you react to listener stories inspired me to write to you with a few stories of my own. I have been experiencing sleep paralysis ever since I was a child, and at different times, it's much more common than others, leading me to believe it has something to do with my environment. I could go on about this forever, but I thought I would include the most prominent stories to save time. First bullet point. In my childhood home, I would experience sleep paralysis once every few months, and it was usually the same. I would open my eyes to see a hand reaching through my open door. No. Sometimes holding onto the door frame, sometimes grabbing at something in the air. No. And sometimes just waving to me no. slowly. No, 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 I'm going to cry. There were times when it wasn't just the hand, and another hand would reach out and grab onto the door frame as well. As the face of whatever was attached to the hands came around the corner, I would finally wake up. The scariest times were when the hands would grab onto the door frame and a leg would appear as though I'm whatever owned cry. those limbs was about to enter the room. As the floor creaked under the leg, I would wake up. That's the scariest shit I've ever yeah, heard. Yeah, I'm like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I have to quit this podcast. Second bullet point. In my college dorm, I only ever experienced sleep paralysis twice. Both times were the same. I opened my eyes to the sound of the door handle rattling violently. And when I looked up, it was shaking like someone was trying to come in. After a moment of this, I could hear the sound of rapid, strangled breathing on the other side of the door. It felt like it lasted for hours, but I know it was probably just a few minutes before I woke up. Third bullet point. In the apartment I share with my husband, we have both experienced sleep paralysis on a regular basis. At least once a month since we moved in about 16 months ago, sometimes more. My husband's experiences are usually the same. He wakes up feeling an overwhelming presence, not in our room, but in our living room. No. And it causes him to panic because he doesn't want it to enter our bedroom. I usually gently wake him when I hear him hyperventilating. My experiences have been varied. I once awoke to a man with pale white skin crouching at the end of our bed. Oh my God, I can't do this story anymore. His large black eyes bulging and leaking something onto the floor. I can't do this story anymore, Alyssa. As soon as his hands pressed into the foot of the bed, my husband woke me up because I was breathing heavily. Several times I have awoken to see an owl with huge eyes just outside my window, just staring at me. It entered the room by floating through the window, sat on my chest, and said in a creepy voice, no. We have your grandparents. What the fuck? <laughs> what, who? What the fuck? A few times I've woken up to see my cat sitting in the window, illuminated by the moon, and she stares at the closet across the room as it slowly <laughs> opens. Once it slowly opened, a crack then blew suddenly open, slamming against the desk beside it, which woke me up. Another time it opened and a black fog seeped out of it, slowly engulfing the room. 
I'm sweating so much right now. The worst is when I see my cat looking at the closet and when the door slowly opens, the same hand from my childhood appears over the top of the door and waves Shut slowly up. at oh me. Oh my God. Alyssa's fucking doing the thing. Stop doing the thing with your hand. What the fuck is wrong with you? Occasionally beckoning me to enter. Something to note is in my first apartment and the house we rented with friends before settling in this apartment. I didn't experience sleep paralysis at all. It was a great 2.5 years. But in my childhood home, a woman did die of cancer a few years before we moved in. My university was old and in a small town in central Ohio, so I can only imagine the haunted part there. I have no idea what could have happened in the apartment I live in now, but it had to have been pretty terrible. Though, I've been told sleep paralysis involving owls can sometimes point to alien involvement, which is an entirely different conversation. Based on how often my husband and I have been having these experiences, he's a skeptic, though, so I guess whatever's in there will kill him first. <laughs> I'm sorry if this was a little long. I have a lot more stories I could share, but these felt like the most important ones. Stay beautiful, stay safe, and most importantly, stay haunted. Sarah. Okay, Sarah, Sarah, these were so good. Oh my God, holy shit. This is from Sarah. Sarah, yes. I'm going to need you to never write into this podcast ever again. <laughs> no, I, no, I, I can't wanted her to write it. in. Write in no. more. It was so scary. Also, I'm so scared of her. There's something wrong with you. Like, <laughs> stay away from me. Sarah, I love it. Give me more. Feed me more haunted stories. These literally, I feel like I my uterus is about to fall out <laughs> of my body. I feel like all of my insides have turned to soup. Why is that, why is that preferred? I don't know. I just also, feel like someone's going to fucking swing that door open and kill us right <laughs> Oh, now. that's right. Natalia's facing our closed door right now. So as I was like pantomiming everything, she was probably just picturing. I was picturing like a creepy, like withered corpse hand. I and don't corpse like foot. that. Why do your grandparents with the owls? She's okay. So she's totally right, though. I was actually thinking of doing an episode on how owls have been. There's like a weird connection between owls and aliens to the point where some people think owls like let you know when an alien is coming or that owls are like in aliens. part like supernatural creatures. They're definitely supernatural. Yeah. That shit looks weird. Yeah, it's not normal to be like that confusing of a creature. <laughs> Our next story comes to us from Rebecca R. Three Generations of Hauntings, part one. Oh, and it's a forward, so I think that they like sent it to the wrong email. <laughs> Love it. My name is Rebecca. I'm from Virginia, and I've binge listened to your podcast for weeks now. Thank you. I love the podcast, and you both do such a good job with the stories. I haven't heard a single one I didn't love. My mom, grandma, and I have all had multiple haunted experiences. Part of me feels like maybe some entity has been passed down from my grandma, which is the main one I want to talk about in this email. Oh my God, I'm gonna shit my pants. This is too scary already. My family may be considered especially haunted just because we're all a little weird. My great grandparents served in World War II and my grandmother worked as a single mother with two kids and a juvenile probation officer. She is a loving Christian woman now, but she wasn't always religious. She was one of the many people who planned to join the movement to Woodstock. However, her plans changed when she had her first child, my uncle. Anyways, to the story. My mom, uncle, and grandma used to live in a log cabin she had built in the middle of town. Because they were poor, 
she made a lot of her own flour and spices. She was having trouble one day grinding the flour down. She struggled with it for a while until she threw it all on the counter, sending a few colorful words flying and began to cry. She put her head in her hands to regain herself. When she looked up, she saw an old woman standing next to her. She had a very friendly smile and didn't seem malicious. She then picked up the flour in the grinder and began to show my grandmother what she was doing wrong. Hmm. After she demonstrated what to do, she handed it back to my grandmother. As soon as she grabbed the grinder, the woman disappeared. This was the first of many encounters our family has had with the spirit of some sort. However, this was the only experience we've had that wasn't scary as fuck. <laughs> this first story is kind of boring, but I have many more. No, I like that. The stories only get scarier from here. Oh, if well, this, that want... sounded friendly. I liked that. I have We haven't heard like of a friendly ghost recently. If you want me to tell my mom's stories and mine, I will too. Just say so. It would make me super happy to get this stuff out in the open. Again, love the podcast. Keep up the amazing work. Yes. Keep yes. sending emails. Definitely keep sending. Um, I wish I had a ghost like that. Like when I was losing my shit would just be like, here, let me show yeah, you. Yeah. Like taught me how to do things around the house. Like me when I'm like ready to throw the iron against the wall because right. it's not getting the wrinkles out of stuff. I would like for a ghost to show up and be like, look, bitch. Yeah, this is what you're doing wrong. I cannot cook and it is driving a wedge between me and my family. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm trying so hard and I would really like a ghost to help me, please. I want fucking Blue Apron to sponsor us because that's the only reason why I know how to cook is because I had Blue Apron for like half a year and it taught me how to do everything I know. All right. This one comes to us from Jenna M. It says haunted and wholesome. Hey, Nat and Allie. My name is Jenna and I'm from New York. Before I get started, I just wanted to say I absolutely love your podcast. It scares the fuck out of me sometimes, (laughs) but also has comedic relief to keep me from getting too freaked out. Love it. I've listened to every episode over quarantine, and I look forward to driving in the car or having downtime so I can listen to it. Keep it up. You guys are great. So I have a few stories that revolve around my grandpa. I'll give a little backstory. I'm sorry if this is ridiculously long. My grandpa was such an important person in my mom and I's lives. When her and my dad were separated, he got me on a bus for school and watched me when she had to work. He was like my dad in a way. When I was around nine or 10 years old, my grandfather was diagnosed with dementia. He was one of the smartest people I knew. He had a master's in science and was a teacher for many years. He loved bird watching and singing and was a very religious man. This is important to the story. When he eventually moved in with us so we could give him around the clock care, We lived in an old house built in the 1800s, one of the first houses built in my town. I lived only about 100 yards away from a church, haunted. We later learned that this house was part of the church and housed nuns and priests when the church was first built. Haunted. It was always kind of comforting for us because my family, my mom and I especially, believed in the supernatural and we practiced light magic, so we never really felt afraid in the house even though it was incredibly old. When my grandpa started to get really sick, my mom installed a baby monitor in his room so that from her room she could see what he was doing and make sure he wasn't trying to wander off. More often than not, my mom would see orbs flying around my grandpa. They were always bright white and one time I witnessed one hovering over him while he was sleeping, almost guarding him. My mom and I always found comfort in it thinking of my grandmother who died many years before or of a church member who passed away watching over him. Oh. Another time I had gotten up in the middle of the night to get water. I began walking towards the stairs and I saw a nun walking towards my grandpa's room. 
She looked at me and put her finger to her lips and whispered, shh, and continued into his room. Oh my God, I'm fucking having a panic attack. I thought nothing of it, thinking I was dreaming. I got a cup of water and went back to bed. I woke up the next morning thinking, what a weird dream, until I looked over at my nightstand and saw the cup of water I'd gotten the night before. My last story is my favorite one of all. My grandfather passed away in the middle of September when I was in eighth grade. I missed my second week of school for the services. A month later, my mom went to back to school night. When she got home, she told me her favorite part was when my chorus teacher was making all of the adults sing scales like the ones we did for warm-ups in the class. My mom sang a scale in her room while I was in the bathroom washing my face. Suddenly, I heard someone whistle a scale right next to me. What? I looked up and no one was there. My mom rushed out of her room and goes, was that you? I replied, no, and knew it wasn't my mom because she doesn't know how to whistle. My oldest brother and dad weren't home and my youngest brother was playing video games and hadn't even heard our conversation. I ran upstairs to my other brother and asked if he had done it, but he was on the other side of the house on the next floor and hadn't heard anything. My mom and I smiled and cried because we knew that was my grandpa. Wow. He loved whistling and doing bird calls. His whistle would echo in a room because he was so loud. I still think about it every day and know that he was happy. My mom and I loved singing as much as he did. So those are my stories about my grandpa. Sorry it's a novel, but thanks for reading if you do. I have more stories from my mom about light magic if you guys are interested. Keep up the good work. I adore you guys. You keep me sane during these crazy times. All my love, Jenna. Jenna, yes, we always want to hear more. Yes. And what amazing stories. I'm sorry, the nun, though. Yeah, maybe, no, that's too scary. Maybe just because of the Andalusian hauntings episode I did where that nun, remember, that nun just like walks through their government building all the time and everyone's like, this is normal. I'm just thinking of that fucking scary ass movie with that nun and I can't like process it. <laughs> I can't even imagine a positive nun at this point in my life because for example my dad went to catholic school when he was a child this was very common when he was growing up and they used corporal punishment so like i have never heard a positive story about a nun ever in my life couple that with like scary horror films where nuns are just like coming out of paintings and eating your soul yeah but it sounds like this was a positive thing right because all of these hauntings seem to be pretty positive like a white orb floating above Her grandpa's body may have been her grandma's soul, Mm -hmm. a nun taking care of her grandfather, perhaps during his time of need while um, suffering from dementia. And then it was like one of those nuns in that movie with Whoopi Goldberg where they like sing. Yes, maybe it was Whoopi Goldberg. (laughs) Are you sure it wasn't Whoopi Goldberg? Thank you so much, Jenna. Please write in more stories. This next one comes from Charlotte P. Hello, I'm a new fan to your podcast, but I'm so thankful my Spotify algorithm recommended y'all to me. I've blown through most of LGH episodes within the last week. Whoops. I have several haunted stories for y'all, but I'll only send one for the moment. Before I get into it, I wanted to share my Raycon results. When I listened to that podcast episode, it was daytime, as I have a hard time listening while not getting spooked at night. While I was opening the windows, I decided to stop taking the test because I was getting creeped out by a staticky, dark figure that was following me. No, false. (laughs) Turn it off. Close it. Don't read it. I stopped listening to that podcast episode and didn't return to it until my family was home later that day. It was so creepy. Also, the music selection didn't help, lol. 
but also good job. It was just way scary. If you guys are a new listener and don't know what she's talking about, you can go to episode five to listen to the Ray contest, or you can go to Paranormal Games to Play in the Dark Part One featuring James DeAngelis. The first one isn't a ghosty, but it's definitely haunted. One day I got home from work and my house was empty. My family had gone to my aunt's house at the beach and they were going to stay the night. I had the house all to myself. It was about 5 p.m. when I got home and I decided to catch up on some Netflix. I was sitting on my couch, eyes on my TV, when suddenly my eyes flicked over to the front door and I had this weird thought creep into my mind. Quote, someone is going to knock on the door late tonight. Not if I kill myself first. (laughs) This is scary. It was so sudden and completely unrelated to the episode I was watching. I freaked myself out. I thought to myself how ridiculous that sounds. I had been alone in the house tons of nights before and nothing like that had ever happened. Other family members had stayed home alone too and had never reported anything like that either. Still, it was such a sudden, unprovoked thought, it took a while for me to shake how creeped out I was. I closed the curtains in the front window, put the deadbolt on the door, and turned some of the lights on in the front room I was staying in. I soon forgot about my creepy premonition. A few hours later, I had decided I would finish watching the current episode I was on and then go to bed. As the credits were rolling and I was getting my stuff together for bed, I heard the, quote, shave and a haircut two bits knock at my door. I literally froze and turned to look at my clock. It was 10.43 p.m. I didn't know what to do. I'm a young woman home alone. Literally my worst nightmare. I truly had no idea who could have been at my front door. We live in a lower middle class neighborhood, but we know all of our neighbors. Most of my neighbors are little old ladies. We have each other's phone numbers and none of them have ever contacted us this late at night. As I was sitting there, now staring at the front door in horror, just listening, I started to hear whoever was out there on the front porch start singing. No. At 11 p.m. No, false. This is another concealed carry (laughs) situation. (laughs) The voice was deep and sounded male. Netflix had already started playing the next episode and I had the sound all the way up, so I couldn't hear what he was singing, just that he was. I didn't want to turn the volume down because I didn't want whoever was out there to know I had heard him. He knocked the same knock a second time and I could still hear him singing. I texted my family and my uncle texted me, Look out the window to see if you can see who it is, which I did not do. I did not want this person to see movement in the front window and know I was there. I kept feeling like I was going to hear the man say, I know you're You're in in there. there. Oh my God, I'm dying. He stayed singing on my porch for a couple more minutes, but then left. My family came home soon after. My uncle checked around the house, but didn't see anyone. We asked around to our neighbors to see if anyone had knocked that night and none of them had. One neighbor had recalled a couple days before that she was outside gardening and had felt like she was being watched. She turned around to see a man she didn't recognize staring at her from the front porch of a house that has been vacant for years. Okay, if any men I don't know are staring at me, they better fucking hope I recognize them. Yeah. Otherwise, once more. (laughs) Something is going to happen. Yes. (laughs) Maybe that was the same man singing on my porch. I still get freaked out when I think about it. 
Once quarantine is over, I think I'm going to take a self-defense class. Strangers honestly scare me more than ghosts. Haha. -ha. Same. No, yeah. Best wishes, Charlotte. Charlotte, that was an excellent story. Um, yeah, Charlotte, what was he singing? What was he singing? Why was he alive? Why was he <laughs> on your front porch? This reminds me, my senior year of college, I was up at like three in the morning, four in the morning or something. And I was studying for a final exam and I was in our kitchen. And if you looked to the right of the kitchen, you would see the living room with like the front door. You remember my house, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah, it was a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, it sucked. It was a piece it was of a shit. Dorm, right? We had like five or six people living in it. Yeah. Okay. So the front door opens. I hear it open and it's like three or four in the morning. And I'm like, that's weird. I'm pretty sure all of my like roommates are already in bed because I am the only like psychopath i see this guy walk by the door frame no. as i'm in the kitchen uh -uh. and i don't recognize him no he doesn't look at me he just like walks straight into where two of my roommates shared a room no he walks straight into their room and one of the girls had a boyfriend and it was not that boyfriend but i'm like look this is college so right. i'm like, like you're like is this someone's booty call right it's like someone cheating on someone mm -hmm. and like i don't want to be a snitch because right. it was like a toxic time in my life and i just didn't want to you don't involved. need to get involved in that yeah it's yeah. like not my business you know like a few minutes go by and there's nothing there's no sound nothing and i'm like okay it must have been yeah like somebody's booty call or something and all of a sudden i hear my roommate megan go who are you <gasps> And then all of a sudden, this guy like starts backing out and she's like not coming out of the room, but he's like backing out of the room. And you stopped him? No, no. Yeah. <laughs> so he just like starts backing out and leaves the house and just leaves. And then Megan comes out and she was like, did you see that? And I was like, yeah, I just figured it was like someone you guys had invited over. And she's like, no, I have no idea who that was. And we never, we didn't call the cops. We like had no idea who it was. Natalia is just looking <laughs> at me. I don't even think I told you about I'm it at the time. I'm trying to process it. Yeah. There was a stranger. Just a stranger, like a strange man. Was he like college aged? I don't know. I can't ever tell age. It's part of my face blindness. Right. Okay. You're like, you did you just invent this face blindness? I'd never heard that term before you started saying it like a week ago. Right. I, you know what, you know what it is? I've never talked about it before because I fucking hate when people self-diagnose. So that's why I keep saying, I don't know, never been diagnosed. With I mean, it. is face blindness real or is it that spin the apple thing? I can do the spin the apple thing. Hmm. But if you put two white guys that are six <laughs> feet tall that play lacrosse next to each other. <laughs> I will not be able to tell them apart. I think that's how they, you know, succeed. <laughs> yeah. I was in a webinar the other day and I texted Natalia because this girl was being really fucking annoying in it. But as I was looking at this girl talking in the webinar, I was like, is this woman 25 or 75? Like, right. I literally can't tell. Yeah. It was one of those people that had like a morphing face. Business people. Business people. Also, Charlotte's story, fucking haunted. Why was that man... No, fucking I, knocking and talking and yeah. singing on your front porch while you were home alone. Like I said, I would have just like shot them through the door. <laughs> They're definitely not going to like approve me having this. No, they carry. just listen to any episode <laughs> where you're like, I'm sorry. If you have a comb in front of your face and right. you're sitting in the crossroads, like I yeah. will shoot you. They're like, Natalia, you can't shoot someone because it's dark outside. Yeah. But I'm like, I beg to differ. This one comes to us from Nicole O. It says spooky theater story. Hi, Nat and Allie. 
I've been an avid listener since my sister turned me on to the podcast. In fact, we grew up in Lawrence, Kansas, just 20 minutes away from Stoll, Kansas, and when my sister told me that she was listening to the podcast that covered the spooky mysteries surrounding Stoll, I absolutely had to start listening. Needless to say, I've been a huge fan ever since. Here's my story and bear with me, it's a bit long. Two years ago, I was in a production of The Glass Menagerie at our local community theater. Now to give some context, the theater's location has been where it is now since 2013. Before then, the theater was located in downtown Lawrence since the late 1970s. Though I never performed a show at the old location, I had several friends who did and I always heard tales of a supposed ghost who haunted the theater. When the theater was built in its current location, the ghost traveled to the new space, perhaps attached to a prop, who knows, and has resided there ever since. No one, including actors, stagehands, directors, and administrators, knows who the spirit could possibly be or even what gender the ghost is, but numerous people have had experiences with the ghostly inhabitant. As a matter of fact, on opening night of every show, and I am not sure how long this has been happening, there's a ghost toast where actors and crew members take a bottle of champagne to the props room and make a toast to the ghost That's cute. for good luck on the run of the show. Love it. It's a fun tradition and one that has been part of for many, many, many shows. One night during the glass menagerie, I saw the theater ghost. Before the start of the show, I had started my routine of getting my hair ready and into pre-costume. Basically, I put on my slip and wrapped a shawl around my shoulders before getting into full costume. Since I had plenty of time before places, I put in my headphones and ventured to the lower level of the theater where the costume shop, props room, and classrooms were located. The space was quiet and it allowed me to get into character. I had stepped into the bathroom to go over some lines, and when I opened the door out of the corner of my eye, I saw a figure in white standing by the water fountains. Because I had only got a glimpse of the person, I assumed it was my fellow actor who had been wearing a white t-shirt. I took my headphones out and turned to say something to him. Honestly, I found it a bit weird that he had followed me downstairs. And there was no one there. It was as if the person had vanished into thin air. I remember getting so scared that I booked it back upstairs before whatever it was could come back. Once inside the woman's dressing room, I told my castmate and hairdresser what I had seen. Both didn't say much, but thought it was definitely creepy. Here's where the story gets even stranger. About 10 minutes into the show, one by one, all of our mics went out. Not just fizzled out and then came back, but went completely dead. It started with me, then the woman playing my mother, then the guy playing my brother, and finally the guy playing the gentleman caller, the castmate in the white shirt. This was so strange because every single actor who wears a mic has to do a thorough mic check before each show to ensure that the mic is working. None of us had any issues with our mics, so for every mic to simply die was not only frustrating, but incredibly perplexing. After the show, I'm in the dressing room changing out of my costume and talking with the women playing my mother about the strange occurrence we had all just endured. She says to me, well, I didn't want to say anything beforehand, but you're not supposed to talk about seeing the ghost before a show. That's when it gets mad and decides to mess with the actors. I was shook. Allie and Nat shook, I tell you. (laughs) First of all, why didn't you tell me to shut up when I was blabbing about the ghost earlier? Shit, something just fucking creaked in the room. (laughs) I hate my life. Second, what was the point of ghost toast if we couldn't talk about the ghost? 
Needless to say, the experience left me baffled and ever since, I've been extremely careful not to mention the ghost before a show. To this day, I still am not sure where the origin of the ghost came from, but I am determined to learn. I hope you and both enjoyed the story. Love to you both, Nicole. Nicole, if I saw a white sheeted white yeah. ghost walking towards me, right. it, possibly down some stairs, if yeah. I recall correctly. Um, no. Yeah, just no. Another I'd, I'd great reason away. for my concealed carry. <laughs> See, Natalia would shoot, would shoot the person. I would simply pass away. Shoot to simply kill. for financial reasons. <laughs> I will be dying now. <laughs> yeah, I there's so many like ghost stories with theater stuff. I have no idea what it is. I think it's just because like theater people are so dramatic. Yeah, so that if there was course. a theater person that died. Of yeah. course, they would be a ghost. And they're like, if you talk about me before the show, I'm gonna fuck shit up. Right, but <laughs> secretly they're like loving it. They're right. like, oh my god, everyone's toasting me and talking about right. me. Wow, like, let's give them something to talk, talk about. about. Let's talk about ghosts. <laughs> That's. I think we got to stop there. Yeah, that was a good one. That was fucking creepy. And if we didn't get to your listener story today and you're like, are they ever going to get to my story? We definitely are. If you missed the memo, instead of doing these every 10 episodes, we're doing them every five now. Right. So if you have a haunted story, send them in because we're going to need them. We're going to need them. I... I am not sure if this is fact or not, but I'm going to say it as if it's a fact. We're running out of stories. So <laughs> send us your emails. Let's get hauntedpod at gmail.com. Mm, you want to do our sign off? What a delicious episode for everyone involved. Thank you all very <laughs> oh, much. Oh, I hate that you just said that word, delicious. <laughs> um, yeah, let me think of a sign off. BRB, got to go outrun the ghost car. Mm. Bye. Bye. Bye.